1: Call yourself a cold one. They strike them, huh? And listen to Ross Tucker.
0: Break down the top college prospects on another tasty edition of the College Draft. Yeah, it's Daddy Soda Time here on the College Draft Podcast. Presented, of course, by DraftKings. I'm Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman, five teams, seven years, a bunch of podcasts. Already did a Power Rankings Tuesday where I talked about every NFL team in the NFL, which makes sense since I said they're an NFL team, in less than 30 minutes and told you exactly where your team stacks up. I'll record the even money, critically acclaimed NFL betting podcast a little bit later on this morning. But this is the College Draft Podcast. It's one of my faves. It's three shows in one. It's a college football podcast talking about the biggest games. It's an NFL draft podcast talking about the best prospects and it's a college football betting podcast because my man Emory makes his picks with the spread. I throw in my thoughts every once in a while. That's of course Emory Hunt from Football Game Plan. Check him out at Fballgameplan on Twitter, Football Game Plan on YouTube or footballgameplan.com. Slash 2023 draft guide. Love football gameplan dot com slash 2023 draft guide. Emery, uh, before we get into the games this week, where do you have my Princeton Tigers
1: ranked? You do a you do a top 25 poll, don't you? I do, Ross. It comes out on Wednesday, but because I like you, Ross, and you're my guy, I'll let you know ahead of time where I have your Princeton Tigers ranked. Week number 10. 17th in the country. And they have been ranked for me in my top 25, I want to say, for the last three weeks. So it's funny to see the stats poll, which I vote in, and also other national polls, the coaches poll or whatnot. Um, I don't know what it is, man. It's like how long it takes you to see who's good. But these people that vote in these polls have a bias against the Ivy League because they don't compete in the playoffs. They have a bias against HBCUs because they consider – it not to be great competition they have a bias against it's funny how they talk about the fbs and their bias, their sec bias and things of that nature when they do the same thing at the fcs level they, they if you're not in the missouri valley or the caa or the big sky your conference doesn't matter there's four really good teams in the socon right now and people are saying well i don't know if they're good or let's put this three and five illinois state team in the top 25 because they play in such a hard conference matter of fact I know I'm on a rant right here, but Montana was, at one point in time, my number one ranked team in the country. They have lost three straight games to three teams in the top 25. Guess what happened yesterday when the coach's poll came out and the stats poll came out? Montana's still sitting there like 15. How? They're they're not my top 25 this week because you can't lose three straight games to three good teams and still be ranked. It doesn't work that way. Well, the thing that's interesting about that is –
0: Princeton's good. Yeah. Like they're legitimately good. And, you know, I know they know that when they do the recruiting rankings, typically out of all of FCS, Princeton, Harvard, and Yale are like real high because they get some kids that have power five offers that choose instead to go to Princeton, Harvard, and Yale for the opportunities that they have. there. It doesn't happen a lot at the other FCS schools. And I've watched them a couple times now. They got a good team. I mean, they're 7-0 for a reason. Three games left. None of them will be easy. Dartmouth always gives them trouble. Yale and Penn will be battles. But, um, yeah, they got, a, they got a chance to go 10-0 and again. One one week at a time. One week at a time, Emery. Uh, By the way, they got to have one of the best FCS prospects. Yasavas, the receiver, he is a stud. The last couple games, that Harvard game, the game against Cornell, I mean, he – for people that are really into the prospects part of it, he's 6'3", 210. He's from Hawaii. And he's an all-American decathlete. He got six in the country in the decathlon, which is, you know, every event. And his best event in that is like the 60 meters. He runs like a 6'6", or something crazy
1: in the 60 meters. He can fly. He is phenomenal, man. And again, this is par for the course for Princeton's program in terms of what we've seen. We talked about this last show in the prospects in Carlson um, and Horstead and the receivers that they've had there and the uh, speed, even Colin Eady, who was uh, there a while ago, it, it was like, blazing fast. And um, the other running back was, was blazing fast. Too. Volker. Volker. Like they always have speed. And, and so again, Princeton. You know, what, you know what I think it is? You know what's different from
0: Princeton? In a lot of programs they let and encourage guys to play other sports mm-hmm. so they get guys that might have better opportunities but they want to play both sports and so they get them to, they get them to come you know Volker ran track Horsted played baseball they got a lot of guys that play spring sports and you know it doesn't hurt them Yasavast has indoor track in the winter he does track in the spring doesn't i mean Doesn't really seem to be hurting him that much. You know, I'm sure that there's parts of football that maybe he's not as nuanced of a route. I don't know. I think it probably helps him quite a bit as an overall athlete to do what he does with the other sports. And to be, you know, to be more well-rounded, to work on his speed and strength and agility that you have to have to
1: be an All-American
0: decathlete.
1: There's a guy that plays for the Minnesota Vikings right now, Dan Chesina. I saw him down at the Tropical Bowl. I was the color analyst on that All-Star game and saw him work out through in a week. And, you know, he was the Penn State wide receiver. And I'm going into the week of uh, practice. I'm looking up his stats and trying to figure out who he is and try to watch film. He was just a core special teamer. But he gets down there to um, the Tropical Bowl. Bro, it, they could not catch him. And in the game, um, Joe Flacco's brother, Tom Flacco, throws like three touchdown passes, all streaks, takeoff routes to Chesina because he has ridiculous track speed. He ends up getting drafted by the Minnesota Vikings and is still on the team today as a core special team. But that's the type of stuff you see when when you have, okay, he may not have been as productive at Penn State, but we can't pass up on the athleticism, the speed, the explosiveness, his core special teams play. We're going to find a way to make a way for him to work in our organization. Asavas is the same way. LSU, Bama, Emery. No segue
0: needed. LSU getting 13 and a half points.
1: Let's talk about their
0: quarterback, Jaden Daniels.
1: The reason why I brought him up, Ross, is he's, he's probably going to end up going back anyway. But the reason why I brought him up is because of this reason. When people evaluate the quarterback position, I feel like they tend to look at things from a superficial perspective, and they're going to always end up getting the position wrong nine times out of 10 because of things that they overvalue and things that they undervalue. When you watch Jaden Daniels play, you clearly see the Jalen hurts in him. You clearly see that level of, I don't know what the score of the game is because this dude just looks the same way. He's always got a positive, upbeat attitude. Things are not going well early on. But somehow, some way, LSU was in the game. They were getting the doors blown off against Florida State. And all of a sudden, in the fourth quarter, boom, boom, boom. Now they're miss extra point away from going into overtime because Daniel's locked in. You saw him against Florida. You saw him uh, really was carrying that team against Tennessee until everyone else decided, hey, I'm not going to show up today. So there's something to be said to have guys like that on your team. You know, whether you think he's a starter or a QB2, you want someone on the team like a Jaden Daniels. And how LSU is winning, they're winning with his athleticism. They're winning with his ability to hit the the right throws when they need him to make the throws. And you like someone that's unflappable versus pressure. All of that is going to need to be on display in this game against Alabama. So I think he's someone – um, if you're looking at the quarterback position as someone that moves the football and leads the team, he's your, he's a guy that you want uh quarterback in your football team. Bama has a DB that you like Brian branch. If you're watching Bama foot, this was last year. I noticed this and I'm like, man, 14 is a really good technically sound defensive back. He doesn't panic when the ball is in the air He does a fantastic job of playing the ball once it's coming his way. He's a good open field tackler. He can blitz. I think he can play nickel corner at the NFL level or safety, a combo safety at the NFL level. He is someone just like Jaden Daniels that I said you want on your team. You want this dude on your defense. I think he's probably the most underrated pro prospect on Alabama's defense. This is someone that no one is talking enough about. This guy plays. A clean game, a technically sound game, a fundamentally sound game, and a good a good overall game. So Brian Branch to me is a stud. I would take him in the first round because you can't coach technique, fundamentally sound. He's like an extension of the coaching staff out there on the field uh in the secondary. High praise. What are you doing with the spread, Emory? Oh, clearly take LSU in the points here, man. Here, here's the thing LSU has something that a lot of teams don't have. And it's you know there's no fear, obviously. They feel like they're never out of a game. Um, The Tennessee game, I think, was an anomaly. Alabama, to me, there's something different about this Alabama team. And I feel like LSU, with a worse roster and worse team last year, nearly pulled off the upset in Tuscaloosa. This game is going to be nuts down there in Baton Rouge. I think LSU has a chance to upset, but definitely take them in the points against this Bama team. This game is just too big. And, and it has a chance for them to take over first place in the West, who could have seen that coming? Oh, I know who could have seen that coming. This dude right here on CBS Sports HQ told people to watch out for LSU going into the season. <laughs> is that your is that your uh, Louisiana fandom at all? Ross, this what people – because that's a common retort. But here's what people don't understand. There's nothing I would love more than to see LSU fall flat on their face as a raging Cajun. My homeboy, best friend – Is an LSU grad. Last year, I texted him. I was like, listen, bro, I know y'all are, you know, had injuries or whatnot, but enjoy the shrimp fry rice bowl y'all playing in against Kansas State while we off playing on some major bowl. Like, so I was talking trash. I love when LSU doesn't have success, but I got to call a spade a spade. This team is legit good. They, Brian Kelly, did a fantastic job of turning back over the roster with transfers from excellent programs, starters, replaced starters. He he has something special down there uh, in Tiger land. Well, listen, you can watch that
0: game. You can watch so many things with sling TV. It's the most valuable option when it comes to finding your favorite channels with the best deal for sports news and entertainment. They have the best live TV content all in one place. Here's the key at the lowest price. Sling is easy to set up, easy to use. And now you can try it for half off. Just visit sling.com slash DraftKings to sign up today. Watch every touchdown live every Sunday afternoon with NFL Red Zone on sling. For a limited time, get sling blue and add on sports extra with NFL Red Zone for half off your first month. Regular price, $46. Now only $23. That's right. You get the best deal on Red Zone. So you can catch all the touchdowns at the lowest price with Sling TV. Visit sling.com slash DraftKings to sign up today. Next game, Emory. we've got Tennessee getting eight points against Georgia, huge game, and we've got a tight end. I love this kid's name for Tennessee, Princeton
1: Fant. Princeton Fant, yeah. You know, what's, you know what I hate most? Well, not most, but there's a lot of things I hate about the draft industrial complex and the draft commentary um, on social media. Um, we grew up in a time, Ross, where we didn't have social media, where you got to see maybe two games, uh, three games, you know, a Sunday, the game that was in your area, the, the you know, the noon game, the, you know, four o'clock game and the Sunday night game, right? And the Monday night game on the next day. But now we see everything and everything has to, you know, I, you know, I talk about all people one up and everybody. We used to just enjoy good football players, right? We used to just enjoy Good players. Now, if you bring up, hey man, Tennessee has a really good tight end in Princeton. Princeton uh, Fent. Is he better than Kellen Winslow? Is he the next Jeremy Shackle? Like, bro, I, I just en- I enjoy Wesley Walls. I enjoy just good football players. Like this dude is a good football player that plays the tight end position well. I think he's more like Will Disley. There's nothing wrong with a Will Disley type at, at tight end. He's pretty good, right? This is Princeton Fent. I think he does a lot of things rather well. Solid player. Good player. And you can't, there's no downside of having good football players on your team. So I like his skill set. I think he translates well to the NFL. He may not be the Kyle Pitts or the dynamic tight end, uh, the Antonio Gates or whatever. But when you're watching your favorite team on Sunday and this guy has two catches for 40 yards and, and a touchdown, you're like, damn, he had a, you know, I'm glad we got Priston Fant, right? That's the type of guy he is. Kenny McIntosh, Georgia's running back, one of them at least. Right. What I like about McIntosh, um, I think he's fantastic in a, in a passing game. Like, he makes some ridiculous receptions, and he actually extends your passing game downfield. He's not one of these meets expectations backs that, you know, catches your swings, your screens, flares, and flats. Now, you could put him down in the pattern in a route, and he'll have a great chance of not only, you know, making your linebacker look dumb – but he could also handle a safety as well like he's ridiculously good as a receiver and i think obviously think projecting to the pro game he may not have the quote unquote eye popping stats but when you look at him as, as a pro player you're like damn he's really productive we need that guy on our in our within our offense and our backfield tandem so i like him as a receiver his run game is 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 you know solid but him as a pass catcher i think is is tremendous
0: what are you doing with the spread here? Tennessee's getting eight. They've been play, playing well,
1: Emory. They're taking on Georgia. You know what's funny, Ross, the reason why I paired these two games first, because here's America's nightmare. You know what happens, Ross. LSU and Bama are gonna play a great game. Let's say LSU beats Bama, right? Let's say Tennessee beats Georgia. Georgia is gonna not go to the SEC title game. It's going to be Tennessee versus Bama or LSU. Now, because all of these games were great games that came down to the wire, man, I would love to see that again. We gonna get three SEC teams in a, in the a playoff. You know that's going to happen, right? So with that being the backdrop, I'm going Tennessee plus the points here. They know this game is the one that they have to. You know, they're, they're always answering questions. Well, wait till they play. You know get to the meet of their SEC schedule. Which till they play someone with a real defense. LSU has a real defense. I was on the show saying LSU's defense is going to slow them down. Well, uh, here you go. This is a game where Georgia will be put to the test. I say this one will be a lot closer than eight points. No way. And this is like a three-point game. And I may even sprinkle some on the money line for the Tennessee upset. So I, I would say take Tennessee in the points.
0: Love it. What about Tulsa? laying seven and a half no I'm sorry Tulane wow that doesn't happen very often that two teams are playing against each other they have the same exact first three letters Tulane <laughs> and Tulsa Tulane's having a good year they're laying seven and a half and they got a O
1: lineman he was playing when I did some Tulane games a couple years ago sincere Hainsworth. were he's a really good interior offensive lineman man I think he's dominant in the run game um, just going downhill. I think that's where he has success. You want to see him improve a little bit more, so in, in terms of consistency and switching off or picking up stunts and twists in in pass pro, but in a run game, he's excellent, and that's a key part of what Tulane does. Tulane is old school. It, they run game defense. They beat you up up front on both sides of the ball, and I was shocked at how good Tulane defensively uh is this season i'm like man they're really good on defense they play great team defense but sincere Haynesworth is really good it helps spearheads their run game which is why they're able to to really beat teams up and it's just a byproduct your your o-line is good your d-line is going to be good and it goes hand in hand tulsa wide receiver Keon stokes the best player on their offense by far he's the one guy that tulane will have to stop and i think tulsa does a great job in getting him the football it doesn't matter what they do defensively stokes is able to get open break a couple tackles outrun people to the end zone he is a game breaker in every sense of the word and we talk about and i'm, I'm gonna say this on this show because we talk a lot about why receiver you how about tulsa right you got brendan marion you got uh um hop cassidy you got uh who else came from Tulsa? There's a bunch of guys. Tulsa has like like Drew Pearson, I think, was the Tulsa guy. Bro, you yeah. got like like Hall of Famers that came from Tulsa at receiver. Like there's a lineage of receivers coming from Tulsa. So Stokes is next in line.
0: Tulane's laying seven and a half.
1: Lato seven and a right half. Right over a touchdown. What's that? Lato seven uh and a half with Tulane. I think Tulane you know they're they're razor sharp focus now because they're ranked. They just slowly keep moving up. I think they're ranked like 15th, and no one's talking about Tulane. So hey, we're ranked 15th, and no one's talking about us. That the whole chip on your shoulder. We're underrated. We're fighting for respect, but they just got there and play fundamental football, and that just just the anti. Uh, that's that's you know, the opposite of Tulsa. They play mistake field football. I like Tulane here big.
0: I like Labatt Blue Light. Football season means it's Labatt Blue Light season. There's no better way to watch your team on game day than with the pristine Canadian goodness of a cold Labatt Blue Light in hand. Anyone that checks me out on social media knows that I was ready to rock and roll last night for Halloween. My daughters were putting candy in their bags My bag was already filled with Labatt Blue Light, pouring it into my little Yeti, walking around the neighborhood, clutch. Stock up and be the MVP of your tailgate and share a Labatt on game day with your crew. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. All right, Emory. Liberty and Arkansas. Liberty's been much better than I thought they'd be without Malik Willis, who, by the way, threw one pass in the second half against the Texans on Sunday, and he was throwing the ball away. That was embarrassing for the Texans to let Derrick Henry go over 200 yards rushing for the fourth straight time against you. I mean, have have some something. I mean, gosh, those kids did not want to tackle him. And I got to be honest, I I thought he was cooked. I'm really impressed by him. I mean, the amount of touches he's had going back to high school, that guy is an absolute machine. So impressive. Anyway, I doubt Liberty linebacker Darrell Johnson could tackle him,
1: but you think he's pretty good, so tell me why. Yeah, he's really good, man. He's this year's version in my eyes of Joe Tryon Shoinka in terms of checking the boxes of height, weight, speed, quickness, burst, explosiveness. Like, no one's talking about this dude, man. No one's talking about how explosive he is off the edge. 6'3", 240. Um, He probably can run with Derrick Henry, you know what I'm saying, in terms of speed. But, you know, yeah, tackle is a different thing. But in terms of getting to the quarterback, oh, he's a sack master. He has a nice dip under move and accelerating to the quarterback. I feel like this dude's going to get one of these postseason All-Star games. And just like Jermaine Johnson, stock rose because of one-on-ones. This dude's stock is going to rise because of one-on-ones because he's that twitchy off the edge, that explosive. He has a explosive closing speed. I always draw back to um, when I was at the Shrine game and Trey Hendrickson was so disruptive that they stopped practice because he could not – they couldn't get a playoff. And then at the end, they you know how to do the one on ones. It's like, oh, if, if you know, if this guy beats this guy, then that side has to run. That side had to run because the dude couldn't block Trey Hendrickson. So this is the guy that's going to be this year's All Star Game riser because of what he can do uh, in terms of athleticism and rushing the passer. Wow, interesting. All right, we got a couple guys for Arkansas. We've
0: talked about them before. Their quarterback KJ Jefferson and the tight end Trey Knox.
1: I'll start with Jefferson and for the same reason I I brought up Jaden Daniels. Again, it it may like we'll never see a game from KJ Jefferson or Jaden Daniels that we saw from Will Levis, who's supposed to be in some eyes the number one quarterback prospect. The man completed however many passes for 90 yards in a 2022 football game with three interceptions. We will never see that from a Daniels or a Jefferson. They will run those guys out the stadium if they ever had a stat line like that. But those guys play like solid Grizzled veterans. They play like Jacoby Brissett. Like what we saw the, the the previous night on Monday night with Jacoby Brissett. Just play efficient football. Don't get too far outside yourself. Keep the offense on pace. Don't make the critical mistake. When you do, it's usually critical. We saw Jacoby do that against the, the uh the Chargers when it looked like they were gonna go win that game, and there was no reason for him to throw that pass on the goal line. He threw it, got picked off, chargers go and go on to win the game. But I just feel like people need to start looking at this quarterback position as what they hate to use the term as, you know, game managers. Like, hey, man, we just need someone that the steadiest hand is the one that guides the ship. And guys like K.J. Jefferson, Jaden Daniels, they guide the ship rather well. Even Tulane's quarterback, Pratt, drives the boat rather well because he has a steady hand. So for me, those guys are solid. And uh, Knox, former wide receiver, he's a different type of tight end than uh, Princeton Fant. Is because he's more of your flex guy. He's a guy that everybody's going to get excited about because of the receiver skills and now playing tight end. So he can run great routes. He wins naturally above the rim. Has a wide catch radius. All those cliche scouting uh, tidbits you like about uh, receivers. Knox is that because he has you know that in his background was productive at receiver and now he's making moves at tight end. So you got some upside there, some growth potential with the um with big number nine, big Knox because Knox is like six five. Probably like two twenty 220, two twenty five now. So he's a tight end, a convert, and the you know um, the arrow for him in projection is going in the north direction.
0: Liberty is
1: getting thirteen and a half. Emory, what are you doing? That's a tough one, man. Because Arkansas is solid, but I, I feel like they also are, are inconsistent. They're, they're a big game team. Now, granted, this could be considered a big game for them because Liberty is ranked and they're not. So I would say. Take Liberty in the points here. I think Liberty is yeah, a really good team. They may even beat Arkansas, but um, I find it just fascinating that Arkansas is coming in as the favorite. Check him out
0: on social, please, at F-ball Game Plan on Twitter, football game plan on YouTube. We love when you spread the word about the show to other people. You know, the five-star rating on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or whoever – really helps. You can check out this show on YouTube, youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL or see the clips of the other shows uh, that we have as part of the network. The draft guide is awesome. I mean, who else does the 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 color analyst for whatever bowl I never heard of that Emery just talked about where he saw Dan Chizena, who's been in the NFL forever. It's Emery. That's who. Footballgameplan.com slash 2023 draft guide. The man puts in the work, you should be rewarded by getting a chance to read all the work he puts in. I'm at Ross Tucker NFL. We're at Ross Tucker Pod. Please follow along so you don't miss anything. I think we're done here.
1: Thanks for listening to the College Draft
0: Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Fantasy Feast, Even Money, and the Business of Sports. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.